slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today to talk a little Islanders hockey, and we have got a lot to discuss on today's show. Obviously, the biggest thing on everybody's mind, where is Barzy? Matthew Barzal still unsigned as of right now. We are less than a week away from the start of the regular season. I'll have all the latest details on the negotiations and what's holding it up, and also some insight into where this is going right now. And uh, hopefully Barzal will be signed, sealed, and delivered soon. We'll also take a look at some of the best and worst contracts the Islanders have had since the salary cap era was uh, started, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Really interesting perspective on it, Uh, part of a a brand new book written by Dane Craig called 15 Contracts Signed by Each NHL Team, and it breaks down the best and worst contracts that each team signed since the salary cap was implemented in 2015. We'll have that. We'll have the latest on Islanders training camp and our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more to talk about, including some Islanders who have a chance at a breakout season this year. If there's something Islanders-related that's on your mind, a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email the show at lo- the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, notes, and happenings concerning your New York Islanders. Okay, so, first off, let's start with this. Number of Islanders players who have the possibility of a real breakout season this year. And there are a number of them. And I think it will be important for the New York Islanders to have at least one or two of these players actually have that breakout season. It it really does become important. And to me, the leading candidates would be the following. Uh, Anthony Bavillier, who the Islanders' own website did a good job writing up, saying why Bo may be in line for that kind of a season. And look, we saw flashes from Anthony Bavillier in the playoffs. Flashes that he could take his game to the next level. And you look back last year, Bo had 18 goals and 39 points while playing in all 68 games for the Islanders. And 
he averaged a little more than two shots on goal per game. And I think to take his game to the next level offensively, he is going to need to increase that shot percentage, you know, the number of shots per game. Uh, get it up from, let's say, even two to three, three and a half, and then you're talking about a player who might just be able to uh, break the 20-goal mark, uh, you know, again, prorated, but, you know, have a career year where he goes from the kind of guy who is clearly not elite offensively but is okay offensively to at least a good to very good offensive threat and he has the tools it just becomes a question of getting him to that next level obviously Ilya Sorokin has to be included in the potential breakouts everyone says he is a possible Calder Trophy contender and again it'll depend a lot on how quickly this talented goaltender can adjust to life in the National Hockey League uh Obviously, Noah Dobson, to me, is a candidate, and Dobson has every opportunity right now to become, you know, he's going to be getting regular experience. Last year, he was sort of the seventh defenseman. He would play two out of every five games, roughly. I think this year, assuming he plays well, he's going to play almost every game if he stays healthy. And we saw flashes from him uh, during the regular season, a goal and seven points in 34 games. I think Noah Dobson will put up better numbers. And again, uh, to me, he's one of those guys who can contribute to the improvement of the power play once he gets more comfortable in that role. And a fourth player that I'm going to put on this list uh, has got to be Oliver Wallstrom. And look, will he make the team this year? I think he will. Will he get regular ice time on that third line? I think he is probably the leading candidate out of all the young players to get that position, but it remains to be seen whether he can actually win that job. I like his size. I like his potential. And it becomes a question of getting him uh, enough experience in getting Barry Trotz, who tends not to like to use his younger players that often, let him get out there, win Trotz's confidence, especially by his play in his own zone. He played nine games last year, did not register a point, but I think, you know, he also had nine shots in those nine games, playing mostly fourth-line minutes. I think Wallstrom has a chance to become a regular on that third line along with Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Yesterday, the Islanders had the day off. They did not take to the ice. Another scrimmage scheduled for Friday today. And uh, again, these scrimmages are important. But the issue, again, for the Islanders, where is Barzi? Matthew Barzal not yet signed, missing time. We will talk more about Barzal and what's going on in the, the in the negotiations a little bit later on in our show. Plus, we've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and a look at the best and worst contracts that the Islanders have signed since the start of the salary cap year. We've got all that and a lot more still to come. Stay with us on the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
Islander fans, we all love sports, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Right now is one of the most exciting times to be a sports fan. You got the NFL playoffs starting this weekend. The college football championship is coming up soon. The NBA is underway, and the NHL is getting started in just a few days. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. So if you deposit $100, they'll give you $50 added to your account absolutely free. And look, we all know a lot about the New York Islanders. That's why we're listening to this podcast. Put your Islanders expertise to good use. Figure out, make, make a bet on how many points that Matthew Barzal will score this year or how many points the Islanders as a team will get by the end of this 56-game NHL season. The possibilities are limitless, so don't sit on the sideline. Get in on the action, and don't forget that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Wanted to talk a little bit about contracts. You know, the Barzal negotiations are going on right now. And came across a, a great book by uh, a fellow named Dane Craig. And he, it, it examines the best and worst contracts signed by all 31 NHL teams since the salary cap era got underway. It's called Hunting Bargains in a Salary Cap World. It's available on Amazon uh, uh, via Kindle. And uh, I'll tell you, I found it very, very interesting. And if you're looking for a sort of insight into what makes a good contract and what makes a bad contract, you know, this book definitely has a lot to offer hockey fans who are looking at that. And it may help you understand the Barzal negotiations a little bit more. Uh, I'll just read a little bit from it or give you a little taste of what the rankings were and uh, it was interesting. It really was. And for the Islanders, uh, you know, the the best contracts were not that hard to figure out, although, you know, a little bit of a surprise, but the worst contracts, I think, were even easier. Uh, the third best contract signed by Garth Snow back in July of 2008 was Franz Nielsen. And uh, Franzi you know, signed a four-year deal worth uh, $11 million, and he provided the Islanders with a, a, you know, solid amount of production based on that contract. Always was a versatile player, could play on the power play, kill penalties, take good face-offs, and really provided the Islanders with a lot during his time with the Islanders. So Franz Nielsen ended up being the third-best contract according to the book. Coming in at number two was the deal signed back in 2011 by winger Kyle Oposo. And Oposo ended up leaving, obviously, heading to Buffalo, but he gave the Islanders three 20-goal seasons uh, during the length of this contract, including an 80-point year uh, in the third year of that contract, a 70-point year the fourth year of the deal, And overall, I think this one really worked out well. A five-year contract for 
Oposo ended up playing with John Tavares on the top line and just being extremely productive for the New York Islanders. The number one contract by the Islanders during this era, no surprise, it's the deal signed back in 2011 by John Tavares. And what the Islanders were able to do with JT under the circumstances was that, you know, they they signed him a few months before his rookie contract expired. And as a result, he ended up finishing the season strong and they ended up not rewarding him for that last full season of his rookie entry-level contract. They got a very good bargain. I wonder, though, looking back on it, whether or not that deal that was a little undervalued sort of influenced Tavares' decision to leave Long Island and head to Toronto. I, I tend to think he wanted to play in Toronto. That was sort of his childhood dream, and therefore, you know, it wouldn't have mattered all that much. Any other team, you know, I, I think he might have been more hesitant to go, but when, when, when you have that chance to go to the team that was your boyhood, uh, you know, the team you grew up rooting for, it, it's very difficult to say, nah, I, I don't want it. So maybe it did, you know, adversely affect, but but I don't think so. Meanwhile, you know, yeah, also discussed the, the worst contracts. And uh, un unfortunately, you know, these were a little easier and, and a little more numerous to figure out when it came to the way that the Islanders uh, used the salary cap. And the third one is the deal signed in 2015 with Johnny Boychuk. And the reason is that it was a seven-year contract extension. And worth 44.3 million and i guess the, the the problem is that you got declining production from boychuk uh after the first year of this deal he had a 40 point year in the first year of the deal and then never got above 30 points a year again and what ended up happening is the islanders paid johnny boychuk who i always liked and who i feel is is you know who was still a good hockey player even, you know, when things were sort of winding down. But uh, at the same time, they were paying him more for his past production than what he was able to do uh, at the present time. And, and that's what made the contract not such a great value. I think the trade for Johnny Boychuk was one of the better deals that Garth Snow made. But the way that they ended up uh, overpaying him ended up hurting the team. The second worst deal... The seven-year contract worth $38.5 million to sign Andrew Ladd. Yeah, he gave the Islanders a couple of 20-goal seasons uh, early on, or at least one, excuse me, 20-goal season early on. But again, what they paid for Andrew Ladd versus what he was able to produce for the team, the fact that they've had to bury him in the minors all the, you know, this time, doesn't bode well. This contract was just not worth the money they paid. And Ladd can be a quality hockey player, but just not at that rate. Uh, three guesses as to which contract came in as the worst, and I don't even think it's necessarily all the players' fault under the circumstances. It has to be the big deal uh, 
signed by Rick DiPietro, largely due to the fact that Ricky got hurt. And I, I, I think that really was the killer for Rick DiPietro. The injury that really ended his career, signing a player to a deal that long is always risky. And when he got hurt, you know, he was really an all-star when he got hurt, literally at the skills competition in the all-star weekend. But uh, be very tough for anyone to live up to a deal like that for that length. Uh, professional athletes, too many things can go wrong, and in, in, unfortunately for Rick DiPietro and the Islanders, they did. But the book is a fascinating read. Again, Hunting Bargains in a Salary Cap World by Dane Craig. Definitely check it out uh, on Amazon. It's uh, uh, available on Kindle and uh, makes for some fascinating reading, covers all the teams in the league, and uh, I think you'll find it really, really uh, fascinating. All right, when we come back, we've got the latest on the Matthew Barzal situation, all the latest rumors. Where's Barzy? Islander fans want to know. Islander fans, if you're interested in sports wagering at all, check on check out the latest show on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Bets. They've got insight every day into uh, where you should place your money and, and what the best odds are and uh, gives you insight and advice that you can't get anywhere else. That's Locked On Bets, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, this one is a day late, but it's defenseman Noah Dobson. And yes, Dobson is 21 years old now, uh, as of Thursday of this week. Hard to believe, you know, here is a player playing for the New York Islanders who was actually born in the 20. First century, January 7th, 2000. Uh, and, and look, we're looking at a big possible breakout season for Noah Dobson. Quickly, uh, for the show here, his first NHL goal came last year on January 14th, 2020 at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders going up against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and look, the Islanders handily winning this game by a score of 8-2. to two. They took a quick 3-0 lead on first-period goals by Jordan Eberle, Josh Bailey, and Brock Nelson. Uh, it was 4-1 to one Islanders after one period. Anders Lee scoring uh, a late goal to increase the lead. But Dobson, his first NHL goal came in the second period. First, Brock Nelson scored unassisted at 159. And 41 seconds later, it was Dobson. His first, Ryan Pulak and Leo Kamarov getting the assists. And it was a magic moment for Noah Dobson. Uh, back then, you know, barely 20 years old. And yet getting that very first NHL goal. It is always a moment that hockey players remember for the rest of their lives. And, and again, to have it happen, A, at home... B, during an Islanders victory, really, really meant a lot to Noah Dobson at the time. It wasn't a pretty goal. It kind of went in off a Red Wings player, and yet uh, I, I guarantee you, as Noah Dobson goes from age 20 or 21 all the way to 40 or 50, that goal will get more and more spectacular as time goes on. So happy birthday, 
to Noah Dobson, now uh, 21, can buy himself a drink legally, and uh, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Uh, all right, so the Matthew Barzal situation, I, I really have mixed feelings about it. Here's the situation from the sources that I have. Lou Lamorello is trying to make a trade. Both the Islanders and Matthew Barzal want to get a long-term deal done. The problem is that the Islanders can't logistically do that under their present salary cap situation. So whether it's trading Leo Komarov, whether it's trading Andrew Ladd, whether it's dealing Thomas Hickey, Lou Lamorello is trying to find some ways to make trades to get Barzi in, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered. And if you think about it, in the long run, this is very good move for the Islanders because Matthew Barzal, right now, if you're going to say who is the one skater, the one non-goaltender that the Islanders are going to build their roster around more than anybody else, it's got to be Matthew Barzal. And right now, getting him signed long-term, locking him up for five, six, seven years to be that centerpiece of your forward lines, that is a vital thing, and Lou Lamorello wants to take the time and get it done right. And we know Lamorello tends to be a patient general manager. This is one of those times when, you know, he wants to wait, and I think what's going to happen He's going to wait until teams are just about ready to finalize their rosters. And whether a player gets injured or a team really needs a certain type of player, he will look to make that deal probably up until right before the season gets underway to try to find the best value in a trade. And make no mistake, if it's a Thomas Hickey or Leo Kamarov or an Andrew Ladd, the Islanders are not just going to be, you know, sending those guys away and getting something, you know, desirable in return. And the Islanders may even have to sweeten the pot a little bit by including, uh, you know, some draft picks in there as an incentive to get these other teams to take on some of these contracts that are a little exorbitant based on the talent level and the production of players like Kamarov and Hickey and Ladd. So I think it'll go down to the last possible minute. I am still confident that Matthew Barzal signs and plays opening day at Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers. But the problem is, as time goes by, as the clock continues to tick, does Matthew Barzal's absence from training camp caused him to get off to a slow start during what is already a truncated NHL season. Does it cause him to possibly get hurt because he's not quite in game condition? There are a lot of questions that need to be answered. Obviously, the sooner Lou Lamorello can reach that agreement, the better for the Islanders and the better for Matthew Barzal. But Lou Lamorello is not going to make a deal that he feels isn't right for his team. So it's going to, I think, come 
down to the last day or two before the season starts. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he signs over the weekend or signs tomorrow. But don't be surprised if we play a little game of chicken with the start of the season and the signing of the Barzal contract. It will happen. It'll happen, I think, before the year gets underway. But uh, these are difficult times for Islander fans who are just waiting and waiting and asking, where's Barzy? All right, that's going to do it for us on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, check out Locked On NHL. We've got division previews for all four divisions this past week. You could check them out. I recorded a, a, a piece about the Islanders for it. Uh, check it out on Locked On NHL, wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great weekend, folks. We'll be back on Monday with more great information about the Islanders, what's happening in training camp, the latest on the Barzal negotiations, and a lot more. Stay safe, take care, and of course, let's go Islanders.